thanks for checking out this message from Springmount Church. For more information about us and what we do, visit our website, springmount.church. Why not check out all the different groups that run throughout each week in Barrow and on Walney? And join us every Sunday from 11am at Salt House Pavilion in Barrow Infernos. If you would like us as a church to pray for you, please email prayer at springmount.church or sign up on our website for monthly news straight to your inbox. Then the angel who talked to me returned and wakened me as a man is wakened from his sleep. He asked me, what do you see? I answered, I see a solid gold lampstand with a bowl at the top and seven lights on it with seven channels to the lights. Also, there are two olive trees by it, one on the right of the bowl and the other on its left. I asked the angel who talked to me, what are these, my Lord? He answered, do you not know what these are? No, my Lord, I replied. So he said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Not my might, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. What are you, O mighty mountain? Bef- yeah, what are you, O mighty mountain? Before Zerubbabel will become level ground, then he will bring out the capstone to shouts of God bless it, God bless it. Then the word of the Lord came to me. The hands of Zerubbabel have led the foundation of this temple. His hands will also complete it. Then you will know that the Lord Almighty has sent me to you. Who despise the day of small things? Men will rejoice when they see the plumb line in the hand of Zerubbabel. These seven seven are the eyes of the Lord, which range throughout the earth. Then I asked the angel, What are these two olive trees on the right and the left of the lampstand? Again, I asked him, What are these two olive branches beside the two gold pipes that pour out golden oil? He replied, Do you not know what these are? No, my lord, I said. So he said, These are the two who are anointed to serve the the Lord of all the earth. How's your fuel tank? Full? Okay, mine's saying it's empty at the minute. If I press the button that cancels it, it won't let me cancel it. But the petrol tank in my car tells me how many miles I've got left. Yeah? Everyone else is now does that. It's clever, isn't it? Yeah? Tells you how many miles you've got left. I even know when it stops telling me how many miles I've got left that I've probably got about 40. So I'm guessing at the moment I might be on about, oh, 15. So uh, I meant to get it last night, but it was late, and I went home. But I can keep going. I can keep going. But at some point, I need to fill up. I need to refuel. At some point, I need the resources back in. You know, I got all emotional at the petrol station the other day. Don't know why. Just started filling up. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Look at the panic. (laughs) I like that joke. I'm very sorry if you don't. Look at the panic when resources fail. 
yeah? Look at it. As soon as anybody thinks there's not going to be petrol for me to get me four by four two miles down the road to work, oh, I've got to go and queue up for hours on end with my engine going, and then if there's no petrol there, I've got to drive around the whole town for the next two hours, desperate for petrol. But we get panicked, don't we? Look at the beginning of the pandemic. Can you remember the beginning of the pandemic? Toilet rolls. I think there's some people now who have still got houses full of toilet rolls because they bought everybody else's. Soon as there's a resource goes missing, bang, everybody panics because we don't want to be left without. I read in the newspaper this week that there's a woman who has spent 15,000 pounds on stocking up on food for in case there's a nuclear war. And she's saying, oh, you won't be, you won't be calling me names when there is. No, but 15,000 pounds, it's a lot of food. It's a lot of food. 15,000 pounds. Why? Because she doesn't want her resources to run dry. It wasn't what you're laughing at. It's Shirley and the cat food. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Shirley ordered a year's supply of cat food. And I think if you work it out, there's no chance you'd spend that much money every day on your cats. But hey, it was so big, you couldn't even lift it. And that was three different boxes. It was massive. So Shirley's cat is going to be very fat. What about our diet? We might fuel ourselves incorrectly. You know, children get told often they can't eat certain sweets like blue Smarties. Yeah? Roz, when she was a little girl, wasn't allowed Kiora orange juice because apparently it meant she went a bit mad. I don't know what her excuse is nowadays, but anyway. <laughs> footballers' diets. You know, these days they're not allowed to... Some, some footballers aren't allowed to have tomato sauce because it's the wrong type of fuel. You know, if they don't drink, their careers go on longer. They, they have to look at what's right fuel because the wrong fuel tends to lead to short-lived journeys. The wrong fuel leads to a short-lived journey, both in life and spiritually. So let me ask you again, how's your fuel tank? Where is your spiritual fuel tank? Where are you being filled? Where are you dependent? We've just sung, and I'm desperate for you. And some of you might be thinking, I'm desperate for, to sit down because my legs are a bit tired. You might be thinking, oh, I'm desperate for a drink because I'm thirsty. But actually, God says, as the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs after you. Are we really hungry for God? Are we dependent on his resources? Don't be fueled. There's a bit of a play on words here. Don't be fueled by what the world offers. Don't be fueled by what the world offers. Because the world might promise great things, but it will end with emptiness. Instead, the Bible tells us, be filled with the Spirit. Don't be fueled by what the world says, but be filled by the Spirit. Because that is going to lead to things that are going to be beyond our imagination. Zechariah has one of his visions. We've been going through the books of Haggai and Zechariah. Um, we've not got too long left to go, honestly. But if you've not been reading along, read it. Try and understand it. It's quite complicated, Zechariah. Chapter 4, you've heard from Oscar, read brilliantly. I just want to look at a few key verses and a couple of images in this chapter. Zechariah says to Zerubbabel, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Let's all say it together, ready? Not by might, 
nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. That is a key verse in this chapter. So keep that going through your head. It's not about strength. It's not about power. It's about him. It's not about your resources. It's not about your strength. It's about his. We cannot do things in our own strength. We have this image in Zechariah of two olive trees and two branches on the trees. Well, quickly, they represent the priest and the ruler, Joshua and Zerubbabel, the priest and effectively the king. Does that ring any bells? The priest and the king? We'll come back to that in a few weeks. They represent the priest and the ruler. In ancient Israel, the king represented God to the people, while the priest represented the people to God. Say that again. In ancient Israel, the king represented God to the people, and the priest represented the people before God. The king provided authority over the people, and the priest provided solidarity with the people. That is why God said he didn't want them to have a king, because they didn't need one. Listen to that statement again. The king represented God to the people. They didn't need the king. They had God. And yet, we wrong, long for the wrong resource. And yet here we are. Zerubbabel wasn't able to be called king, but he was the equivalent. He was the image of God's restoration here in this chapter of priest and king and God's resources flowing from them. God's resources flowing from the right people in the right place. The oil in the picture flows from the trees off the branches into the lampstand, and this lampstand was the lampstand from the temple, which was never allowed to go out. And the oil was the fuel that meant it didn't go out. Oil, symbolic of the Holy Spirit. Are you with me so far? I'm getting through this quickly. Well, you can talk to me again. That's fine. The branches are the priest and the king. The oil is the Holy Spirit and the lampstand is the symbol of God's glory in the temple, the light that reflected God's glory. So, the oil was symbolic of God's spirit. What was the oil used for? It was used for anointing, for blessing. We've got a child called I am blessed. These bits I'm telling you now, go on to Jeff's Sold to New course material on the new website and it will probably tell you much more detail. I'm not going to stay on this information bit because I want to go back to that key verse. What's the key verse? Not by might, not by power, but by his spirit, says the Lord. By my spirit, says the Lord. Verse 7 says that before Zerubbabel, a mighty mountain will become flat. That's the picture he has. A mighty mountain will become flat before this man who can't even be called king. He's just the governor of Judah, really. This mighty mountain will become flat. What does that tell me? It tells me that God can remove big obstacles. If you've got a big obstacle in life, God can remove it. But guess what? You've got to fill yourself with him. You've got to focus on him. You've got to fuel yourself with him. His resources will help. But if we just constantly turn into what the world offers, the mountain may stay there. The mountain may stay there with God's resources, but you know, with God's resources, we can get over it, under it, round it, through it. Yeah? The mountain might not change, but God will help us overcome. But in this picture, Zerubbabel is told that the mountain will go flat, even though he wasn't called king. Do you know, he probably questioned his identity because he didn't have that title. 
He didn't have that name. He wasn't important. Which brings me to the next verse that I think is important. Here's a phrase. Are you ready? In Zechariah chapter 4. Who dares despise the day of small things? Who dares, this is God speaking, who dares despise the day of the small things? Little bit of background, quick rewind. I'm going quick because I'm aware of time and you've all got Mother's Day lunches to go to, okay? Quick rewind. The new temple that's been restarted, you remember that, yeah? It's not as good as the last one, is it? Yeah, it's not going to be as grand as Solomon's temple. Not going to be as impressive. People in Judah were weeping. They were crying because it wasn't going to be as spectacular as the old temple. It wasn't going to be as amazing looking as the old temple. It was a small thing. So God says, don't despise the day of small things. Do you know, God's big is not the same as our big. God's big is not the same as your big. It's not the same as my big. His big is different. We look at human achievement and we think, wow, maybe we wish we were in a mega church somewhere with thousands of people praising God. Maybe we wish we had a mega band. We do have a mega band. Maybe we wish, maybe we wished we had like you know, a big, massive choir of hundreds of people praising God, and we'd be going, wow, isn't this amazing? But maybe, just maybe, that might distract us from what it's all about. Because it's all about him. It's not about the big things that we think. Maybe, you know, maybe, just maybe, the Bible was right when it says, where two or three are gathered, I'm in their midst. That's church. Where two or three are gathered, I'm in their midst. The important thing is, he's in the midst. That's the importance. His resources right at the center. His resources filling us up. His resources fueling us. Because if we just keep focusing on the world, we'll be panic buying and we'll be running on empty. If we keep turning to what the world offers, we'll be chasing that next fill. We'll be chasing which petrol station's got the most, which place is going to fill us and satisfy us until the next time. With God, his fountain, his well never runs dry. His oil will never run out. His spirit wants to fill us and fill us and fill us again, constantly flowing through us. Maybe some of us here dream of being on a platform. Don't. Please. I didn't, and sometimes it's, it's, yeah, sometimes you probably wish I hadn't either, but don't dream of a platform, focus on him. Don't dream of a stage, focus on him. The dream that we should have, if you're a Christian this morning, should simply to be the best reflection of Jesus. The lampstand was the reflection, the light in the temple, the reflection of the light of the world, Jesus, the reflection of God's glory. Focus on his resources. Fix your eyes on him. Don't despise the small. Joel is 20, about 26 this year. 27, 20, 27 this year. Are you 27 this year? No. How old is he this year? <laughs> is he 27 this year? No. How old is he? 20, is he 27? He's 25. No, I mean in July. <laughs> is he 25? Oh, that's right. Do you know what confused me? <laughs> yeah, okay. okay. 
Du går godt. Now we've all woken up. That's fine. I'll carry on. Love you, son. It's that hour I've lost. I've lost a year. I've not lost an hour. I've lost a year. 20, 20, 26 in July, aren't you? Yeah. Are you 25 in July? Anyway. <laughs> I'll go back to my story, shall I? Okay. I'm really sorry for everybody else who's listening to this family conversation. We'll have this out over dinner later on. Honest. 25, yeah? Yeah, okay. 25 this year. Joel, Joel, when he was a little boy, <laughs> which is why I couldn't remember, after a meeting at Keswick, went into the shop Fat Face with Corey. Not, I'm not, none of them were called Fat Face. That was the name of the shop. But Joel went into that shop with Corey, and Corey had been saying... Oh, I really wanted to stay behind and, 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 and ask Jesus to be part of my life. So Joel in Fatface said, well, why don't you do it now? And at the back of Fatface in Keswick, Joel and Corey had a little prayer session. Don't despise the day of the small things. That was my point, okay? <laughs> right? Don't despise the day of the small things. A little boy leading another little boy and pointing them to God. Small thing, but massively important. That's God's big. Do you get the point? That, that, the rest of the conversation before that was irrelevant and I really need to speed up. Okay, God constantly, if you don't believe me, put your hand up if, if right now and be honest and don't be shy. Don't think, I'm not putting my hand up, but I know it's true. Be, help me here. I need some encouragement after that last little bit, okay? If in your head, you sometimes think, I'll ask the question first, but I'm not that important. I'm, a, I'm, I'm small. I'm really, really nothing. If that's you, just put your hand up. Now look around and see all the other people. See the people who you thought of who actually you wouldn't have thought were that small, who were quite important, and then recognize that actually... God's eyes, you're big. God's eyes, you're big. Don't despise the small. Don't despise the small. Say it. Don't despise the small. Psalm 33, verses 16 to 22. I'll probably only read the beginning bit, Paul. In the message version, says this. No king succeeds with a big army alone. No warrior wins by brute strength. Horsepower is not the answer. No one gets by on muscle alone. And it finishes with this. Love us, God, with all you've got. That's what we're depending on. What are we depending on? Where's our resources? What's fueling you? What's filling you? Where are you turning to when things are... Well, when it, where are you turning to every day? Where are you turning to, not just when things go wrong? Who's fueling you? Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Presence and relationship key, key. It's not horsepower. It's not brute strength. It's not charisma. It's not talent. It's not charm. It's by his spirit. It's not by excavation. It's not by digger. It's not with a battering ram. It's by his spirit. Obstacles can become small. Because he is bigger. Don't despise the small. 
Don't look down on something. Don't see yourself as unimportant because small is no less special. You ready? David was a small boy. Mustard seed was the smallest of seeds, yet produces a huge plant. A little boy's lunch provided for thousands. Paul, the name Paul, who went on to write most of the New Testament letters and became a massive, would you agree, Paul, massive, massive apostle. His name means small, humble. God changed it to that because that's what he needed to be. We need to become small. We need to become humble. We need to become like children because then we'll rely on the resources of our dad. Yeah? When we're adults and we think we're big, we think we can rely on ourselves. We need to become small because we need to rely on the resources of our dad. Joseph was the youngest and least important in his family. God used him. Gideon was the least of his clan. God used him. Moses had speech issues. God used him. God used the staff, even the stick, a bit of wood. Yeah? God used it. In Elijah's time, a little oil and a handful of flour, God used to provide a meal for three to sustain and bring life and joy. Zacchaeus was spotted by Jesus, even though he was hiding and little. And God came to his house and changed his life. His smallness did not matter one bit. Because in God's eyes, with God's resources, he was big. He was used. The disciples had a small boat what did they do with it? They made it available to Jesus. And Jesus changed lives from that small boat. Don't despise the small. But who's in the boat? Who's fueling your tank? Who's filling you up? 1 Corinthians 1 verses 26 to 31. Brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things. Because people despise the small. God says don't. He chose the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him. It is because of him that you're in Christ Jesus who has become for us wisdom from God. That is our righteousness. That is our holiness. That is our redemption. Therefore, as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. Don't despise the small things. Allow him to use you. But they can be used to point to somebody greater. They can be used. What priorities are there as we finish this today? Verses 4 to 5, it says these. What are these, says Zechariah? Do you not know, says the angel? No, says Zechariah. Here's today's priority. Honesty. We don't have all the answers. We don't all know. There's no shame in saying, I haven't got a clue. There's no shame in saying, I don't know. Zechariah, God's prophet, admits he isn't understanding everything. And not one of us in this room can lay claim to that either. Even the greatest mind that has ever lived cannot understand the complexity and fullness of God. But we can simply follow and understand that he does love us. And he does want to fill us. So this morning, prioritise honesty. Prioritise looking up and not looking down on the small. And that includes you, yourself. Prioritise reliance on the right resources because there doesn't need to be panic with Jesus. Do we all know that? 
Who's had, a, who's had a resourceful week this week? Who's been provided for by God this week? Yeah? Well, don't panic when it's not there because at the right time, he will provide what's needed. He promises there. His resources will never run dry because not by might, not by power, but by his spirit. Let that become your life's verse today and for the rest of your life, not by strength. How do we receive this spirit, you're asking? We just ask. We receive and we keep receiving. Allowing the oil of Jesus to keep flowing through us, allowing the oil of his spirit to keep flowing. The priest and the king, it finishes by saying they're anointed to serve. The priest and the king, they're anointed to serve not to be lifted high, not to be exalted and thought of as big things, but to serve. Anointing comes when something is crushed. Jesus was crushed so that we could be anointed by his Holy Spirit, that no matter how small and insignificant we are, he sees us. He sees us. Don't despise the little. Maybe today is the day of small things for you. Maybe even there's some people in this room who struggle with Mother's Day. You know, Mother's Day might be a really happy day for some, but it might be a really difficult day for many. And I appreciate it might run over today, so if you do need to go, then feel free. But don't despise the little that you have to offer. Don't despise the little that you can bring. Because he wants it. He wants you. And he wants you to be filled to overflowing because it's not in might, it's not in power, and it's not in strength. It's by his spirit. Don't panic. Pray. By his spirit. And maybe those mountains will be leveled as you hold up the cornerstone that completes the job. The cornerstone that is Jesus. Who's fueling you? Is it what the world has to offer? Or is it by his spirit? Let's pray. Father God, I thank you that today we can have these verses read to us and we can have these verses on our hearts and know that we do not do this on our own. Not one person in this room is on their own. Also, God, in this room, there are people right now who feel small who feel despised, who feel looked down on, who feel that they have not got a chance because they are so unimportant. Father God, I pray today that you'll lift up their heads, both physically and spiritually, that they can fix their eyes on Jesus once and for all. So Father God, I pray in this place that your glory will shine through your people, that your hope will come through your people being filled by your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.